Let's read Matthew 22 and verse 1. Jesus spoke to them again in parables, saying, The kingdom of heaven is like a king who prepared a wedding banquet for his son. He sent his servants to those who had been invited to the banquet to tell them to come, but they refused to come. Then he sent some servants and said, Tell those who have been invited that I have prepared my dinner. My oxen and fatted cattle have been butchered and everything is ready. Come to the wedding banquet. But they paid no attention and went off, one to his field, another to his business. The rest seized his servants, mistreated them, and killed them. The king was enraged. He sent his army and destroyed those murderers and burned their city. Then he said to his servants, The wedding banquet is ready, but those I invited did not deserve to come. So go to the street corners and invite to the banquet anyone you find. So the servants went out into the streets and gathered all the people that they could find, the bad as well as the good, and the wedding hall was filled with guests. But I wanted to do... Initially, we were going to talk about the unwanted, the unwanted gift. Uh, and then... I got onto the David Cordell world, and those people that know David Cordell knows that uh, he likes alliteration. Uh, and not only does he like alliteration, he likes lots of points. <laughs> I've got 22 of them. <laughs> so, however, I, 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 I brought them all together to a very small amount, and, I've, and I like the dictionary. I, I love the Bible, so Bible number one, dictionary number two. I love words, and I love the roots of words and derivation and just everything about words. So I looked at the uns and looked at all of the uns and tried to work out how we could bring the uns into the, this story. And, and, and I, think, I think I've done it, okay? So the first of all, the story that we read earlier is, is a story about, it's not just about the people there in Israel at that time, and it's not about all the people 4,000 years ago looking forward to the Messiah coming, but we are there too. And I think the story shows two uns there. The first one is that we have become uncoupled from God, and we've become uncoupled from God because we have become unholy. If you have any doubt about that, then Romans 3, verse 22 to 23 says this. This righteousness is given through faith in Jesus Christ to all who believe. There is no difference between the Jew and the Gentile, for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. So that's not all but. That was an all. So that's all of them. That's all of us. Then we move on to our next group. And we're particularly looking at Herod and Herod's reaction when he heard the news, when the Magi came and visited. And we look at the chief priests and we look at the people. And we have a number of different uns there. The first one, absolutely, that it was unexpected. It was expected, small e, but it was definitely unexpected. And it unsettled them. Matthew 2 verses 2 to 3. Where is the one who has been born king of the Jews? We saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. Then it says that when King Herod heard this, he was disturbed 
and all Jerusalem with him. So it wasn't just him, but they were disturbed as well. What is this new king? And then it's unwanted, because it then goes on to say, verses 4 to 6, when he had called them together, all the people's chief priests and the teachers of the law, he asked them, where is the Messiah to be born? In Bethlehem in Judea, they replied, for this is what the prophet has written. But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means the least among the rulers of Judah. For out of you will come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. One thing that really strikes me about that one, and there are a couple of things that do strike me about that one, is that they knew the answer. They knew who these, these, these prophecies were talking about. So why is it then that the chief priests and the uh, teachers of the law, why is it that they did not also go out to try and find the Messiah? Why are they sitting here? Why are they afraid? Why do they not want God's promised Messiah? It's because it's untimely. They were unwilling to do it. He was unwise, but so are they. They are supposed to be the teachers of the law. They're supposed to be the people who tell the people and point them towards God, but they were pointing them towards the law and towards themselves. And ultimately, you've got to ask the question, like a number of different people in the church, wider church today, whether or not, in fact, that maybe they were just unbelievers. They had a job to do, but they didn't believe that job that they were doing. And then we come to the next group. So actually, this is point three. Okay, so this is not point three of 22. This is point three of about five. And it's the shepherds and us. And we'll put ourselves back into the story now. Um, we've taken ourselves out for a bit. We'll bring ourselves back in again now. See, what the angels said to those shepherds on that hill and what he says to us is unthinkable. That the God has come and stepped into this world, has been born as a child, a gift to us unthinkable. No other religion does this. But Christianity brings the holy God into his creation to save his creation. However, we, are, we were uninvited. We are now the invited, but we were the uninvited. We are the undesirables. The shepherds are the undesirables. If you go near a shepherd you become unclean. Therefore, you need to go for a period of washing. So they are undesirable. Luke 2, verse 8. And there were shepherds living out in the fields thereby, keeping watch over their flocks. Today, in the town of David, a saviour has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. So they were unclean. They understood and understood the words that they were told and they were unbridled in what they did. Because immediately, it wasn't like, oh, we'll get around to it later when their duties are over. But they immediately went to go and see this child. When we hear God talking to us, that's exactly how we should be too. Immediately responding, immediately abandoning everything that we had and following him. Then we come on to point four of my five. The gift, and that is Jesus. And that is, he is unique. I mentioned about the fact that he is unique. This is a unique religion. 
This is a unique faith. This is the faith. Luke 2, verse 12, Matteo, was a line that you delivered here as an angel, which, which I know that you are, but you delivered it so, so well up here, where you said, uh, although this is the modern version, so it wasn't as good as your one, by the way, you said, um, this will be a sign to you, you will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. What did you say? Okay, swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. Now, uh, who's, who's read those lines before? Who understands this? I didn't understand the significance of those lines until uh, last week. And for the first time ever, it actually dawned on me why this was so significant. I didn't understand it. You read it all, yeah, I read it. It's a nice scene, isn't it? The child wrapped up. We can see it in all the Christmas cars, or some of them anyway, they haven't got reindeers and, and Santa on. Um, but you see this baby wrapped in, in these cloths, lying in a manger. What's the significance of that? Why, is it, why was it so important to the angels? And why is it that I didn't even see it? Anyone got any answers to me? Anybody on social media that has a link to another Christian who might have been sent this link over the last week? You could go down that line, and I probably did in the past, but, and thank you for the volunteering and answer, but no, that isn't the answer. Ben. Ooh, we're getting close now. The offering, offering of Isaac. It's bringing it closer to it, but it's still not the right answer. Shall I tell you? Otherwise, we could be here till one o'clock, and, and, and it's getting cold, isn't it? And I've, got, I've taken my coat off so that I've got my natural built-in alarm clock. I, when I get cold, stop. What I didn't realize was that Bethlehem, um, particularly, was an area where they um, basically reared and looked after the lambs that were used for sacrifice. And these lambs, the firstborn lambs, so number one, firstborn lamb, unblemished, point two, was then wrapped in swaddling bands and it was laid by them into a manger to keep it from bruising. And so what the message that the angels are saying to the shepherds who know this, because they're the ones who look after the sacrificial lambs, is effectively that God has sent the sacrificial lamb down to earth. He is in swaddling bands. It's exactly the same as you put your sheep into shepherds for sacrifice. God's son, his firstborn, unblemished, is lying in a manger sent from it for you. I never saw that before. And it really opens up your eyes. So why is it the shepherd? Number one, if angels came to me and told me to go and the Messiah had been born, I'd go. Okay? But if it was then underlined, which it absolutely is for these guys, that this is a special child, and ultimately is underlining saying he is the one who is going to save his people because he is the sacrificial lamb. I never knew that before. The Bible's such an exciting place, isn't it? We read it, we, 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 um, but we don't always grasp it. So, uh, yeah, I had to share that with you. Next point, and which is the really real key one here, and that's God's love and our response. And, yeah, Christians have this amazing ability to make faith complicated. 
And we have this amazing ability to make faith complicated. And we set bars so high, but it really isn't complicated. It is a free gift. Listen to Acts 2. This is Peter preaching, yes, at the day of Pentecost. And it's as simple as this. Let's not complicate things. Peter replied, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. The promise is for you and your children and for all who are far off. Us. For all whom the Lord God will call. So how complicated is that? Repent. We have sinned. Realize that we've sinned, repent, turn to God, ask for forgiveness. Then don't just hold back, be baptized and become part of the family. Why complicate things? But we do. Be unconstrained. It is unstoppable. God's love is unstoppable. When he seeks you down, he will have you. I know that because I said no to God three times. Three times I said no when he spoke to me. No, no. Third time, no choice. It is unstoppable. And he will have you. And he has to have you because he will change your life forever. He will make your life right. but make you have the life that you should have. You will be unburdened. This is, that whole passage there is all about unburdening, yes? Forgiveness. Have you, have you wronged somebody before and you've sought their forgiveness and when they forgive you, the weight is taken off of your shoulders and suddenly everything's fine? Yeah, before you hold it. You don't need to hold this burden of sin any longer. Jesus has died to unburden you. And then you can be united with God. So I'll go back to the reading, which was the Romans 3, verse 23. But I shall throw in verse 24 now. Okay, so I'll repeat myself. This righteousness is given through faith in Jesus Christ to all who believe. There is no difference between Jew and Gentile. For all have sinned, so all of us have sinned, yes, and fallen short of the glory of God. This is the extra bit. And all who are justified freely by his grace through the redemption that came in Christ Jesus. Two big words there, yes? Justified, grace, redemption, that's three. Can't even count, but I'm going to look on two of them. I'm going to look on two. I'm going to look at grace. What is grace? Anyone tell me what grace is? So I'm not going to go for Ben because that's just cheating. He should know the answer to this one. What is grace? Anyone? And not just a girl's name, by the way. Okay, so anybody going to give me? Say that a bit louder. Okay, yes. And particularly when we're talking about here in the Bible, we're talking about the unmerited favour of God. There's nothing that we've done to deserve it, yes? Do you deserve to be forgiven by God? No. Do you deserve to be forgiven by God? No. Do you? No. But you are. Unmerited favour. There is nothing that you can do, you can do, you can do. Nothing. Everything that Jesus has done. And then the redemption is the last one. What is to redeem something? Anybody tell me what redeem is? Any ideas? No? 
I won't go over here again. So, anybody tell me what redeem is? To be, sorry? It's forgiving from sin, so, and then bought back. Yeah, I like this fact. And I remember somebody telling a story. Well, I'm going to the story because we haven't got time. But it's the act of regaining or bringing back something. And you're paying that price to it. So it was yours. It's gone away. And you've paid a price to put it back. So God creates you. You go away from him. He pays a price, the price that you should be paying, to pull you back to him, to redeem him. To pull. Isn't that a beautiful image? Yeah. That is redemption. God paying everything to unite you with him, to give you that relationship that you need. See, this baby is a gift to all of us, to free all of us, and to buy us back to God, our Father. We don't deserve it, but God desires it. Yeah? So we've got a choice. Yeah? We've got Herod, the chief priests, the law. You'd look at them and you go, they're the good guys, yeah, because they got there in a position of status and power. And then you've got the shepherds. And you've got the thief on the cross. And you've got Peter. Uh, tax collectors and people with leprosy and all sorts. Us. Now, where do you want to be? Do you want to be over here and look good? Or do you want to be with God? And I think that's the choice you've got to make. Let's close with a, uh, with a poem. You sent your son to save us, your very self you gave us, that sin may not enslave us, and love may reign once more. You sent your Son to save us, your very self you gave us. O oh my Lord, so praise the Lord.